everybody. Welcome to another episode of Who Gave Us a Mic. I'm Adam Harris, along with Mr. Kenneth Miller. We'll see. I'm pretty excited to uh, dive back into this, uh, the Fear Imperial Pumpkin Ale from, I think, was that our last one? Two podcasts ago. That was, that was a couple podcasts ago, but no, that was the one yeah. that you got. Uh, that was after the debate. Yeah, the, the um, presidential debate. Yeah. So is that what you're pretty drinking good. tonight? It's pretty good. Yeah, it's about as good as I remember. Yeah, see, I wasn't a big fan of that one. I didn't, I, I didn't really prefer it. Oh, but I mean, when you drink Flying Dog, you got to be, prepare, be uh, prepared to get socked in the mouth. And as long as you're prepared for that, it's all good. I mean, life's all about setting expectations. And if you're fully well you know, prepared to just get completely ran over, then I guess, you know, it makes it a little bit easier and not surprised. And over the next day, you're like, Jesus Christ. Well, I will say you will, if you drink a couple, we'll give you a mean headache. They are nine percent. Well, that was like you were telling me. So the last podcast, I gave you the gift of the PBR eight ounce hard seltzers, and you said they tasted like water, but the next day they felt like you got hit in the head with a hammer. Oh my god, dude! Well, to be fair, I had a couple of them. They were eight percent, and they were pounders. So what's a couple? All four of them? No, I think I drank three. <laughs> oh, oh, only three out of the four pack. That's yeah, that's normal. It was only a four pack. Still, I mean, what's that? Four times sixteen is what? Forty, sixty, sixty-four. That's yeah, a little bit less than a uh, six pack of twelve ounce beer. So I guess that's not horrible. It's not bad at all. I would agree with you. Granted, they're eight percent, so you got to add that on. So it's more like I had seven beers. Yeah, well, you know, you're still uh, you're drinking, and I'm still sitting here trying to enjoy my sober October. Which, dude, it, um, I I would have to say, you know, we're in week number two now, wrapping that one pretty much up. Um, first week was a lot worse than the, uh, second week. The first week was just like, what the fuck? Second week, I'm pretty good. I've been, you know, trying to. I like sober January. I mean, yeah, I I can see sober January, but see, here's the problem with like sober January. Like there's nothing else to do in January. So you're like, might as well drink. Like, at least October, it's still, like, nice out. You can go outside, and, and, you know, there's other activities to do besides just sitting in your house. Yeah, but by January, the studio will be done. There will be a gym inside. I'll be ready to go. I'll have shit to do. The only gym I want to talk about is Jimmy John's. If you think I'm trying to work out at all, you're mistaken. Bro, I never go to the gym again. Dude, I fully accepted it. So, like, this week I went to Trader Joe's because I was trying to get, you know, hey, let me get some healthy food on there. So I bought some of that nasty-ass kombucha tea um, along with some, like, couple things of this green juice. Dude, I like the kombucha tea. Dude, oh, it wasn't as bad as the the green juice I got up there. And the ingredients were basically – Yeah, that sounds horrible. Kale, spinach – why don't you just take fucking athletic greens at that point? Yeah, because so athletic greens is crazy expensive. Uh, but you think I? Oh yeah, but you think I'd uh, buy it though because my boy uh, Timmy Ferris wraps it and he loves it and you think I'd be all over that stuff, but actually I'm not. Surprise, you're not. And you know me, I spend money like it's fucking water. And you think I'd? Be, but That's that also one, I, true. I can't justify it. Um, you can't spend money on healthy things. <laughs> no, I can spend money on unhealthy things like an $80 bottle of wine, but like a $4 pouch of like vitamins. Fuck no. Way too much. Dude, money. I can't believe you took October off. This is like my favorite month to drink. You got archery season, steelhead season, the leaves are changing, it's getting crisp out, you got bonfires. How does the leaves changing have anything to do with you drinking? 
It gets you excited for archery season, steelhead season, and bonfires. Bro, that's like legit going, oh, you know, today ended in Y, so fuck it. It seemed like a good enough reason to drink. No, fall's, fall's pretty short nowadays. You basically go right from summer to winter, so you got to soak up as much fall as you can. I don't know. These past couple of um, days or these weeks haven't really been all that horrendous. It's actually been oh, like look- somewhat nice. But, no, I, I mean – I'm not like a big fan of like the fall beers either, like the pumpkin beers and everything like that. Like, eh, I'm I'm good with it. I can go right into the stouts and be okay. I like some of the Oktoberfest. Um, I'm saving. Speaking of stouts, I'm saving that double, double stuff Oreo, twelve percent for when we do our first podcast together in the new studio. I don't know if I want to drink that. It might be the first oh, time I actually drink too. We'll be able to tell the um, inebriation of Adam by the uh, twenty minute mark of the podcast where I start slurring my words. Especially because that's like a jumbo beer. Oh, yeah. It's like a 24-ouncer. I think we'll put you to sleep. But, you know. You figure 12%. Would you say it's 24 ounces? I bet you it's all 24 ounces. I mean, because look at those pounders that you were uh, drinking. Um, so it's almost three times the amount of alcohol as a regular beer, and it's twice the size of a regular beer. Oh, yeah. That that thing will do work. Oh, yeah. You need oh. about one or two of those in night-night. Dude, one or two, I drink one of those, and I guarantee if I haven't drank for an entire month, that oh, thing yeah, will put me on my ass. Smoked. Which also, maybe I could have done a, a sober January, but um, I remember last year whenever we did the sober January, um, I went to Vegas February 3rd, which was a horrendous idea. Not drinking for an like entire month. Vegas. Oh, yeah, dude, I need an entire warm-up. Like, it should have been, like, heavy drinking January. To get my liver and everything like that prepared for yeah. fucking five days in Vegas. Not going, hey, let me cleanse my body, then go fucking into it. Horrible idea. I don't recommend it. I like it's uh, sober January, too, because you can go hard on January uh, on New Year's Eve. And then come January 1st, if you're so hungover, you're like, I'll just stop drinking now for a month. I don't think I've done anything for the first year, and I don't even know how long. I don't think it was over your house last year. I think it was the year before. I think it was last year, dude. I think last year we went hard on New Year's Eve and we we're like, all right, we're going to take a month off and be sober. Was it us saying we need to take a month off? Or do you think it was your wife yelling at us that you um, you two have fucking issues? It could have went either way. I'm, I'm going to think it's probably the latter of the two because that seems more realistic that somebody else had to put the reins on us because it's not like you and I, each each one of us has a level of um, self-control. That's fair. But no, getting back to my um, – I've accepted that I think I'm going to be chunky for the rest of my life. I was uh, drinking this green juice, whatever the fuck you want to call it, with kale, spinach, celery. Dude, it sounds horrible. And English cucumber, apple juice. I'm trying to think what else. Um, and I literally – you know that old saying? What is it? Nothing tastes like skinny feels. And I'm like, yeah. if this is what I have to drink to be healthy and skinny – I'm about to drive to Arby's and get me a big old fucking roast beef sandwich and some curly fries and a milkshake and be like, well, fuck you should it. just start I'm working out. That requires a lot of work, though. Yeah, but if I, you can like tell when I haven't worked out for a week because when I say I'm like on edge. Yeah, well, you're mentally unstable. I'm a little fucking more even keel than you are. You just ate a handful of coffee beans, so. First off, two handfuls of coffee beans. Yeah, that's not uh, normal. Why? I also turned off my hot water tank. I don't know if we've talked about that on the podcast. Probably. That's not normal either. I think it's entirely normal. It, I'm, I'm buying into, it is, is it? 
Oh, oh, exactly. If you're doing shit that like everybody else is questioning, you're probably on the right path. I'm going through these. So if I go over and just kick a homeless man in the face (laughs) and people questioning it, then I'm on the right path. That is just not good logic. (laughs) Okay, for some things. Some things that are shooting heroin into the web of my toes. Things that aren't illegal. Well, at least if you're shooting into the web of your toes, though, then um, you're hiding your track marks, so you're probably yeah, at least a right. functioning society. Yeah, you're on the right like, path for that. Right? <laughs> Yo, but I'm all about the, um, you know, what does Jocko say? Embrace the suck? Yeah, I was watching, I was listening to, uh, it might have been Rogan and Cameron Haynes on a podcast, and uh, they were talking about Jocko and Good, and uh, Cameron, yeah, it was definitely Cameron Haynes was saying how he was just on a hunt, and it was so hot. And uh, him and his buddy were like day eight, and they wanted to kill themselves because it was just so hot and miserable out. And he remembered what Jocko said, and he goes, actually, I wish it was hotter because then the water source would be more valuable to the animals. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and I was just cracking up. Oh, wasn't it something, too? Because I remember he posted something on IG where he was out there hunting, and he's like, yeah, the great thing about hunting in the mountains, you get a great workout when you run up the hills. I'm like, you're a fucking psycho. Uh, I love how he just goes, oh, your car broke down. You have to hike eight miles? Good. Good. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Dude, I mean, I, wait. after listening to him, I feel like such a piece of shit if I don't work out because I can just hear him in the back of my head going, just do something. Yeah. Anything. Just do something. And I'm like, God damn it. Yeah, even I guess I'm like, going to do a couple hundred push-ups. Yeah, just do like fucking – I will tell you. So I bought – um. Another thing, you know, where I'm full on psycho. Um, I bought a uh, waterproof wireless uh, headphones, right? So I can listen to them. So I could listen to them while I'm taking could the ice cold like, shower. Use a speaker or put your phone next to the shower. Uh, yeah, but you don't get it. It's not nearly as loud enough, and it's 6 a.m. in the morning. You know, I live in an apartment complex. I'm not trying to wake up my neighbors and then I call. I didn't me. even know they made headphones you could shower with, but I'm yeah, going to Google it now. Yes. How much are these? Um, they're only like 40 bucks. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, so you can probably watch. I mean, they're. I don't know. I mean, they're not the greatest things. They're kind of, you know, a pain in the ass. So sound quality. Oh, yeah, they totally are. Um, I mean, the sound mm-hmm. quality is in AirPods, but for what it's worth and what you're trying to do with them, it's phenomenal. So you can put on. I put on the fucking Jocko speech. We're good while I'm taking an ice cold shower in the fucking morning. <laughs> that speech is so good, though. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> no pun intended. But, um, it's actually kind of runs parallel to the book I'm currently reading, and it's called The um, Coddling of the American Mind, which is yeah, basically – Yeah, I heard a bunch of people talk on that. Which is basically all about how, like, you know, mentally and psychologically, we're not nearly as resilient as we used to be. Well, who didn't know that? Yeah, but uh, so I kind of – you know, we're all used to being so comfortable in our little safe space that I'd like to start the morning off by uh, taking an ice-cold shower and it just sucking fucking ass because you're like, hmm, that sucked. I didn't die. The rest of the day can't be that bad, right? Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, 6 a.m., you take an ice-cold shower, uh, it is one of the most miserable fucking things you could ever do. Yeah, this isn't so fun at all. You know what, though? Fucking exhilarating. And it sounds super weird, and maybe you're on to something about how I'm a little off my rocker. Like, I look forward to it every morning. I'm like, I can't wait to go take an ice-cold shower. I just want it. I want it right now. I just need it. Yeah, what is wrong with you? Fucking whole hell of a lot. But, you know, like you said, coffee beans, ice cold showers. I don't think I do anything else that's a little fucking that crazy. Also, uh, I was thinking of coddling American minds. Uh, uh, you know, I'm like, 
I like uh, I like history. Like I went to school for history, which weird. <laughs> I know. Um, which I think well, you know. Sorry, I, should say, I started at school. Wait, hold on. I, I still think. GPA to get into the teaching. Thing. You know what? I think. Can you real quickly give a synopsis of everybody that's listening about your? How do we say your academic career? Because on our old podcast, that was the introductory episode. And I'm not exaggerating. I was act we we did that one in person and also we were fucking like a half a fucking fifth of bourbon and I was pissing myself laughing when you were telling me about how your fucking college career and what you were trying to be and all your fucking ambitions and how it just went. Well to let's uh let's put a pause here and you can edit this out. I'm gonna need a beer for this one. I'll be right back. Yes, I did already suck down the fear. Good thing is I can actually talk probably this whole time because our fridge is so close to our table. Can you still hear me? I can. It's actually kind of not bad, huh? No, it's not bad at all. It's got a charger right there, Adam. Dude, everything's <laughs> ideal. The studio is living the life, my friend. I'm going to grab a Truly out of here. I'm going to go passion fruit in this bitch. Perfect, perfect. Wow, I must have dropped this one on the floor when I was hammered. It's a huge dense side. <laughs> I'm not editing any of this out. Was this the night that um? Do you want to tell everybody how you should stop a mouse from getting into your uh, man cave? Studio? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I was out in the studio, and you know we we just got this place, and uh, I'm like I was like kind of organizing it because you know we're Basically, it's – I don't know. How big do you think this is? I mean, um, basically, it's, 12 by it's brick on one side. Yeah, it's brick on one side, and then it's all uh, framed on the other side. So there's, like, no insulation, no drywall on three sides. And then your one side is a brick wall. And uh, I don't know. Probably at this point, you know, nine beers deep, organizing everything. Starting to get everything going and so we can get this place finished and get in it. And I look to my right and I'm like, holy shit, that's a mouse. This crack was so small. This crack was probably as like probably an eighth of an inch wide and probably th- three inches long. Like I don't know how it got in. And like uh, the size of a dime, do you think, or smaller? Dude, probably like the width of a dime, but longer, uh-huh. like as long as like half a dollar bill. I think squashed its head and stomach so skinny to get through there. I don't know. But anyway, uh, so I started throwing stuff at it. I hit it once, chased it out of the house, out of the, not the house, out of the room, chased it out of the room and uh, closed the door behind it. And then I'm like, all right, well, I got to close this hole somehow so like no more mice can get in. So the first thing I saw was a caulking gun. I think I might have pulled – I mean, you've seen it. Would you estimate seven to eight pounds of caulking over that small? It was, it was probably half a tube of caulking. Literally probably half a tube. I woke up the next day, and I was like, well, I had too many trulies last night. Called the exterminator. Talked to the exterminator. He's like, yeah, that's definitely probably the only mouse that got in here. I think it was just the fluke that came in. And I was like, yeah, don't mind that caulk, caulking job. I uh, might have had a few beers last night. Fucking idiot. Anyways, so as you crack another one, um, 
Why don't you give us a brief synopsis of your, because I don't think we can have you talk about history and how much you like it without at least giving some background on, um, because I mean, this podcast is still in its infancy, um, how your uh, collegiate career came to be um, and how why you're not a uh, height or a historical uh, teacher. I'm just going to preface this by saying I did graduate in four years. <laughs> by some grace of fucking God. Yeah. I still did it. <laughs> I don't know Some how. Summer classes, but still got done. Uh, basically, I went to. I've always been pretty good at like talking and talking to people, and so basically, I went. Hence the podcast. Like, hence the podcast. Hence the sales <laughs> career. Um, I was like, oh, basically, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I mean, first off, to ask an 18 year old kid what he wants to do is kind of outrageous. Oh, we can have an entire um, podcast on how the entire collegiate like or college structure is just basically setting up kids for failure. Um, speaking of, you just reminded me. I'll go over the college thing in a second. Speaking of uh, um, coddling with the American mind and not knowing what you want to do when you're 18, I've read this thing. I follow all these history pages, and they took a picture, showed a picture of a kid like 15 crying. This kid was 15 years old. Both his parents were killed in the war. So he was raising his brothers and sisters. So naturally, he joined the army because he had. So think about this, dude. Think about where we're at now, right? I mean, in basically one lifetime, right? I mean, somebody could be, you know, people are still alive from World War II era. Ba- I mean, yeah, barely. I mean, it's a big boom. But still, that's still one lifetime. One mm-hmm. lifetime, right? So in one lifetime, we went from. A 15-year-old, like, helping with the war, and that wasn't uncommon, mm-hmm. to being 30 and people still living with their parents in, like, burning buildings and throwing signs and, like, living in their parents' basement mm-hmm. in one lifetime. Mm-hmm. We went from that to participation trophies. We went from that to just, like, everybody needs to win and feel good. We're not going to keep score. I don't know what it is about these um, – the fear, but I could really get on a fucking rant right now. I agree. I like these. Go ahead. And so, you might as well delve into it, but I agree with you that I think so that fucking everybody. so ridiculous, dude. I agree that the whole thing that everybody needs to feel good and uh, everybody, I think it's everybody is so narcissistic right now. And, you know, you know me, I'm a fucking huge hater on social media, which is kind of hypocritical considering we have a social media um, for a podcast. Kind of I, I see the hypocrisy in it. I totally do. Um, but me personally, I don't have any social media. But I think it just gives everybody a voice, and I don't think everybody should have a voice. And the whole fucking like Instagram thing, me personally, I think it's such a fucking joke that people are so narcissistic that they want to have an Instagram that is literally just their faces. Like, how important do you think you are? Do you agree? Like, how important do you think I you are? I just want, like, I get it. Like, I've seen your IG page, and it's like, you know what I mean? You fishing, your outdoor experience, other stuff like that. Like, okay, that's different than having an entire page that's just your face. I fully agree. Why? Are you really that important that people want to see just your face? Or do you think that you're that important that you should have fucking all these photos of just your face? The answer is yes. That's what they think. Oh. Well, I mean, I, I get it, and you know, I, you know what the thing is, and I think it all kind of started with the Kardashians, um, that you know, they were the pinnacles of capitalizing on this social media trend, 
Dude, they made so much goddamn money. I mean, you got to think that, you know, people don't even pitch bottom. No, but they figured out, look, I want to post whatever the fuck it is, get likes, everything else like that, and I'm going to make money off it. And it's totally the Kardashian effect. That's what everybody's trying to do now. I mean, look at TikTok, Instagram, all this shit like that. People are making millions of fucking dollars off of this fucking social media stuff. And it's, I mean, well, I don't comprehend it because I'm not (laughs) that fucking. Yeah. I mean, you can't even be mad about it. Um, you know, you're like, hmm. I, I mean, I guess it's like being ahead of the curve and capitalizing on what's hip now. But to yeah, me, at least just, I mean, at least just people weren't like, at least you're figuring it out and like how to make money and how to make it profitable. At least you're not sitting around like in their parents' basement, just bitching, doing nothing, nothing, not contributing anything to society. I mean, it's a little outrageous that you could dance on a video and make, you know, a lot of money doing that. I mean, that's crazy, but like, at least they're, like, paying taxes and shit. I mean, I'm talking about the people that are 25 to 30 that just graduated with, like, I don't know, a fucking Irish, Scottish, German arts degree. Like, something that's just so outrageous. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to study Irish art and then wonder why I can't get a fucking job. But it's not even that. I feel yeah, like it's also, the shit I think it's also the sense of entitlement you have where it's – um. They come out of school and they go, I should automatically make X amount of money. It's like, what? Oh, it's why? like everybody. It's like, dude, do what? That brings you back. That's because they never lost in life. They don't know that yep. they're not that important. They don't know that they, what rejection is. I mean, it goes back to all that. So I think like, I think all sports are great, but especially like wrestling. One-on-one sports. Martial arts, boxing, kickboxing. Yeah, one-on-one. Like if you lose. Yep. It is on 100% you. your fault. Yep. But at the same time, you still have the team aspect, like like wrestling, for example. You still wrestle to win for your team, but like the individual match comes down to you, and then you get points for your team. Say in like boxing, you know, you still have the team aspect where you're like in the gym with people working as a team. Yeah, to you get still better. have your corner man who's your coach exactly. and telling you what to do and all these other stuff like that. But when it comes down to the end of the day, if you lose, it's because you did not work hard enough and you did not have it that day. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why, you know, I golfed in high school and it was a very similar thing because it was an individual score that was added up together with your team. But your score at the end of the round wasn't based off of anybody else but yourself. So if you didn't put in the hours, you didn't grind your ass off, then it showed in the end. You couldn't fucking fake it. You know what I mean? There's like a lot on a team sport, like let's say baseball or football. Um, If you're not the greatest, there's 10 other guys or eight other guys. You're playing baseball or football respectively um, that – they can cover for you, and they might be able to cover up some of your weaknesses. And sometimes if you're on a great team, you don't realize how bad you are because your team's winning. So at the end of the day, you're like, hey, we're winning. Whatever I'm doing must be right, opposed to going, hmm, if I had to play by myself, I probably wouldn't be as successful as I am with this team. Yeah, and that's why I think playing on an individual sport is uh, so good for people. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I played baseball whenever I was a kid, and – uh you know, I was always on like the winning team or we won all stars, whatever you want to call it. And then looking back on it, though, I was a kid. I was like, man, I really wasn't that good at baseball, but the team was really the good. So was I awesome. was like, yeah, I was like the weakest link on the, you know what I mean? I was, but it, but it didn't, I didn't have to work on myself that hard because as a collective group, we were doing well. So it mm-hmm. doesn't make you go, well, hey, we're winning. That's all that matters, right? Exactly. 
it's not all that matters. So I, agree I mean, with it's you, great I agree. to work for like it's great to have play sports that are on a team or have some team aspects. So get you know it teaches you how to like have communicate, communicate all that good shit. But mm-hmm. also, I mean, I don't think there's anything better to having your kid like have his his or her success come down to his or her work ethic. Of course, there's be some God-given talent, but a lot of it comes down to work ethic, especially at that age. Well, that goes, I mean, back to, like, kids that start out, like, at the very beginning. Like, when you first get a job, I don't know about you, but I feel like the first year or two that I was working, um, I got by on just, like, hard work and, like, talent. Yeah. And then pretty soon you go, oh, shit. Um, I have to fucking – I have to really invest in this. I have to work ten times harder and everything else like that because you kind of hit that, like, sophomore slump. And, you know what I mean? Like, oh, man, I have to work even harder at this because, you know, it's all right. It brings me to a great point, which I swear – I don't want to cut you off, but no, go ahead. to bring it to, uh, like, that point to, um, like, the where I swear that was you and I talking. And uh, I swear it was you and I. If not, it might have been somebody else, but it was a good point. When um, I was basically saying, like, when a job asks you to do a bunch of extra shit – was that you I was talking to you about? And it was like, yeah, I would have did that when Might I was been. 24. But like, I would never do that now at 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that you? you know, talking? Either way, whatever. Basically, the conversation I, was. I think you and I were talking about, like, the, I think we were talking about, like, the passion thing where, you know, um, like, working extra hours and everything else like that. I think that's what it was. Yeah. So we were talking about, uh, like, getting paid what you're worth, basically. Like, asking for a raise or... Mm-hmm. Uh, or like not doing extra shit, not being compensated. Like, there's definitely times where you want to go the extra mile so you can be noticed and stuff. But you know, when you're six years into six, seven, eight, nine, you know, ten years into the same company, even five years, at some point you you need to get paid to go the extra mile. Whether it's like you're training people for free or you're uh, helping on accounts for free, like at some point you gotta ask for. Uh, extra money to be compensated. You know, I would have did. I would have done all that shit when I was 24, 25, 26, just kind of starting out. But once you start getting, I'd say, man, with the company, I'd say after what four or five years, like year, maybe even three to five, like year three to five, I would. I mean, it depends on. Um, I guess it I depends guess, on the industry, the company. Yeah, but. because like something, some people, you're like, hey, you spend five years doing this, and you have a pretty good, like, say for instance, you're an accountant, right? After three yeah, or five I'm not years, talking about like, being a fucking. But you don't say like after that, you're like okay. Like but I'm, normal jobs. Yeah. Um. Probably after five years, I would say you probably have a pretty good handle on what you're doing. But I definitely think that for anybody out there who's just out of school, like those first couple you years, do everything that shit. and everything they ask you because not only one does it make you look like you're a good employee and a team player, it's but it also. It yeah, it exposes you to like a lot of different scenarios also. And the whole thing about growing as a person and as an employee is expanding your toolbox. And the only way you do that is by doing things that you wouldn't normally fucking do. So and sometimes the only way you do that is by taking on extra work that's out there that nobody else wants to do. Yeah, I agree. It makes so you were getting at like – obviously you and I are in a different position with me owning my own company and all that. But like let's say for instance somebody out there is uh, – Spend five years. Like, how do they go about asking for a raise? I think you just flat out ask. I mean, I think the best way is to do it on um, whether your boss is doing like mentor calls. I mean, 
I guess we could start from like scratch. So if your company's not doing some type of quarterly review, year-end review, half a year review, mentor call, something, which I feel like a lot of companies don't do shit like that. I know I've worked for a few where they have never done it. They just never really said anything. I mean, um, I don't. I mean, I know our company. Do we don't have like a set like, hey, on December thirty first, we're gonna was, sit down and go and performance review. But we definitely do like a, hey, look, here's your performance. Like it's just like a sit down conversation about here's what happened for the year. Here's how you did this. Blah 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 blah. Here's where I think you need to improve and everything else. But it's like a culture though, like where I try to enable or embody in our company is like that kind of candid conversation can happen at any time, and it's not like you have to sit down in a conference room and have this conversation. Yeah, but I still like it better. Like, so if I was at your company and, you know, we didn't have a quarter review, I would totally frame it up and be like, hey, can I have a quarter, like a, every quarter, can you and I sit down, have a conversation, walk through everything I did, good, bad, or indifferent, and mm-hmm. like just take key bullet points. And that way I can put in front of you everything I've been doing well. You know what I mean? Like, I guarantee you there's a lot of shit that, as the you know, as the owner, the boss, the manager, whatever, that is gonna like slide under your radar, or you're gonna forget about because you have four thousand other things on your mind. So I would say, hey, just for my own personal uh, development for my career and working here for your company, can we sit down every quarter and review everything? Like you don't have to put a name on it, but that's what I would do, and I would put all the accomplishments, almost like a brag book without bragging, mm-hmm. like, hey, at this job I made this much money. What would you have done differently? And just picked. A couple key points, you know, maybe five to ten key points to talk about during the meeting. All of them, which make you look pretty good. Yeah, and I would agree too, is at least coming from my standpoint is, and I feel like most people is that they harp on the negatives and not the positives. So, you know what I mean? You could do fucking ten good things and you do one bad thing. The only thing people remember exactly. is the one bad thing. So if you're not always on top of people about like, you hey. put that shit back in front of them. Yeah, you know, and, you know, I'm a big proponent of if you're going to, like, not say criticize, but you're going to get on people about their bad performances, you also have to give them the accolades for when they have good performances. You know, I mean, if you're just harping yeah, on somebody every time they fuck up, that's a horrible culture to have for your company. Yeah, then it's like, well, what the f- yeah you know what I mean? You want to be like, hey, you get an attaboy, you do good, but if you fucking do bad, I'm going to let you know about it. Because you have to have you should. both sides of it. Yeah, it's a balance. Um, yeah, so so yeah, that's like, what I would do from the beginning, and then... And definitely like track your progress. I mean, personally, if you know, I mean, they don't. If they're you're working for a company that doesn't actually track your performance, and um, it's just kind of like, yeah, you're doing a good job. I mean, try to find a way to track it internally so that you can present them with all the data and be like, hey, look, here's how good I'm doing and everything else like that. So you can leverage your success so that you can get more money. Yeah, I like to. Uh, I keep my like. I could tell you what my territory did before the year before i got hired mm-hmm. and i can tell you what my territory is doing today so like if you have to do a quick elevator pitch with a uh i don't know say you're talking like you're bumping into the vp right you gotta do a quick elevator pitch where so man you're absolutely killing it you, i can't believe how much you have again this year like you better know that number like mm-hmm. i'm up 40 percent like you better I'm up double digit growth. You better know that number for just quick elevator pitch conversations like that because especially if you're having a killer year where you're up, you know, double digits, 20, 30, 40%. Vast majority of people, it doesn't matter, it matter the industry or not in that unless it's like a startup company. Yeah. And then also too, I like the fact that what you said is use like 
big factors. And what I mean by that is like, be like, yeah, I'm double what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Cause when you say something like that, you go, wow, it's odd. It's easy. It's easily recognizable what that is. You know what I mean? If you start throwing around like doll, exact dollar amounts, then the guys be like, well, what were you originally at? Everything else. Like if you go double, triple quad, whatever yeah, it was so originally, it's a quicker thing. The guy, it's like sparks his interest, his or her. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Unless you're doing such big numbers that $5 million is like 5%, then you probably want to say, man, I'm up $5 million this year. But for the vast majority of people, yeah, you want to use percentages, double, triple, um, all that shit. And I would say, too, at least from my end, um, like being on the management end of it, um, you know, my advice is to go out and actively ask for a raise. If you want it, don't sit there and hope that your boss or somebody else is going to come to you and be like, hey, you've been doing a good job. I want to give you more money. I mean, how are you supposed to know it? If you want to raise most nine times out of ten, you come to your boss and go, hey, look, I want to have a conversation with you. Here's what I've been doing. Here's my performance. And if you don't, how the hell are they going to know? Yeah. So don't be afraid. And I always tell people nine times out of ten, the thoughts that go in your mind are way worse than actually what happens in real life. And if you go in there and you're beating yourself up because – I know I've had to ask for a raise before I was in the position I was at and I would sit on it for like a week cause I was just terrified and like, Oh God, what happens if it doesn't go what it happens? So then you get all this mm-hmm. you start playing these uh, fucking things in your head. You're like, man, they're going to say no. Then what am I going to do? Am I going to be disgruntled? And then you get pissed off. Then you have resentment run towards, I don't even know if it's conflict, but just like yeah, run, just towards, run those, towards conflict. Yeah. But like run towards those tough conversations and go walk in your boss's office. No. I mean, if you're down 20, 30, 40% and you're not doing your job well, don't, don't ask for a fucking raise. <laughs> no. Leverage yourself. Get your performance up where you actually have the ability and you have all I, the – I was just talking to somebody about that. And you like – and they were a manager and like you wouldn't believe how many people ask for a raise. And it's like you're down 20%. You're like what? Like, that goes back to the entitlement thing. Like, yeah. Why the fuck would you – you know what you're doing. Like you mm-hmm. know deep down in your heart, even if they don't track it, what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Why would you ask for a raise? And it's also, too, don't do it where you come in there and you go, like, say you're doing mediocre. You're not winning. You're not losing. You're just doing your job. Medi- don't go in there and be like, you know, I I want more money. Why? Because you're doing your job. Okay. Well, obviously, what I'm paying you is probably what you're worth, considering you're not doing, you're not exceeding expectations on what you're getting paid. Um, so that's why I tell everybody. And first off, I mean, I like people who don't undervalue themselves. You know what I mean? Coming mm-hmm. from like a management. But like if you come in here and you go, look, I'm doing this. I'm doing X. I'm doing Y. I'm making you money. I want more. I'm like, that seems fair, right? <laughs> like I get it. And you value yeah. yourself higher. And I like people like that because it shows a level of confidence. So if you want to raise, walk into your boss's office. I mean, don't belittle him or berate him or, you know, have these like just yelling and be like, I want to raise. But have a civil conversation. So still people. have like a um, have like a brag book and like, hey. That's why I think like reviews are the best time to do it because the whole time they're going, oh man, uh huh, yeah, that's great, uh huh. Mm-hmm. Especially like actually actual quarter reviews or year interviews or happier reviews because like they're sitting down there with all the information in front of them. And it's like, wow, Adam, I can't believe in the first half of the year you grew by twenty percent. You're up this half by thirty percent. Like that's insane. Mm-hmm. And that's like a perfect time to be like, yeah, I know it's insane. Um, I want X. Like, and I definitely use the uh, data analytics. Don't go in there and be like, "Hey, I've been working really hard. I want more money." No, 
Okay, yeah, well, no, this isn't that. eight. You better eight. have a reason to do that. Yeah, I mean, I like whenever I would ask for uh, raises, I would just put together an Excel spreadsheet that was basically like, hey, here's the money I've managed. Here's how much money yeah. I've made, everybody. And I would just print it out in big, bold fucking letters and just go, here. And they'd be like, what's this? Be like, this is what I've done in the past year. I go, wow. I go, yeah. I think oh, I deserve more money. I go, it's a lot of money. And be like, yeah, exactly. So if you just have facts and stuff like that, it makes it a lot easier. And it's not a objective thing. It's more of a fact-based thing. Yeah, I, um, I never, I, I only live in facts when, I, when I'm dealing with cash and trying to get more of it. I mean, oh yeah, I hate you want to say something stupid like you said, like, oh, I've been working hard. Everybody's been working hard. If you're not working hard, you should be working. Like you too, especially now during a pandemic, you're gonna go in there and be like, well, you know, hey. Especially now, I better really be fucking crushing it. Crushing it. Yeah, because you know, if you're crushing it, you go, all right, I I get it. But you also gauge the company. I mean, if the company's overall having difficulties, I mean, because you could probably tell whether or not a company's being uh, profitable. Yeah, if a company's in there and you know you're seeing things like they're not, they're not having K cups in the. If the CEO wants to kill himself, yeah. probably not a good time to ask. Yeah. If the CEO is smiling at you in the hallway, you're probably yeah, okay. And the CEO just rolled up in a brand new Lamborghini, and you're like, hmm, I might be all right <laughs> to ask for a raise. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? I want to ask for ten grand. The guy just bought a $150,000 car. I think I'll be all right. Yeah, so if the company's, though, like getting rid of their just their K-cups and going like, hey, you get you know, this Folgers coffee now, <laughs> and they start cutting expenses, you may be like, hmm, maybe I should, you know – bide my time and just uh this isn't the right time to ask for it no so no um oh oh do we have time to run to the no i guess it's 40 we can save for next podcast what was it gonna be oh to see do we have time to get back to the uh college endeavors but we're at 45 minutes we should probably maybe we can uh, you know the next one we can have that where we can have the uh maybe we can have a background podcast on you and i a little bit and who we are and how we became friends So, well, well, let's wrap this one up. Thank you, everybody, for listening to uh, Kenny and I bullshit for another 45 minutes of your life. Um, with that, I'm Adam Harris. He's Kenny Miller. Check us out on the IG and uh, like us on your listening platform. Um, with that, I'm good. Are you good, pal? Cheers.